0: This episode of the Naturist Living Show, a Naturist Family Vacation.
1: This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca.
0: To episode number 23 of the Nature's Living Show. My name is Stefan Deschaines. I'm your host for this episode and the owner of Bear Oak's Family Nature's Park. And yes, this is episode number 23. And uh, I want to thank you, all you listeners out there, um, because you keep listening and more and more of you are listening every day. And I really appreciate it because I don't make much money at this. Well, I don't make any money at this, really. <laughs> um, but... I do get something out of it. I do get the appreciation. But this winter, I got a little bit more. And uh, this is my disclosure. I, I took a vacation. And I took the vacation to Cypress Cove uh, as a family. In fact, myself, uh, my wife, my two kids, and another family uh, decided to go down to Florida. And we picked a naturist club that we really like that is very uh, much in tune with our our values for naturism and and the values of naturism. Um, in Cypress Cove, but because the nature show is so popular, I, I proposed, uh, to get a little something back from the owners for featuring them on this show. So I want to thank you all of you for listening because you did help me get my vacation last winter. So yes, last April, we decided to take a family vacation, and we invited our friends, uh, Peter and Anne, uh, and their son and daughter, obviously, to join us on a vacation, and we did what I've always wanted to do, uh, but never did. We drove to Florida. You know, it's uh, growing up, it seemed like everyone we knew were driving to Florida and doing Florida vacations, and still, even today, a lot of people do a winter vacation driving to Florida. It's much more economical than flying when you have a lot of kids. So, uh, but i had never done it. I had never done the drive. I had flown a few times, but I had never done the drive as a family. So we took it one step further. We actually managed to put all eight of us, four adults and four kids, into one minivan. A Honda Odyssey that seats eight people. And of course, you know, because we're naturists, We uh, don't pack as much. We were going to Florida. The weather was going to be nice. It was April, so we were pretty much guaranteed some heat, even though last winter was actually a very, very cold winter in Florida. Um, But by April, it was hot. And uh, being naturist, we didn't need a lot of clothes. And so we managed to pack it all. The Odyssey is actually a very impressive van for space. Um, Sure, some of the kids were young and small. But still, we managed to get uh, everything we needed for the two families, uh, and uh, Peter brought his guitar. So uh, we managed to get it all inside the van. No car top carrier, although that was an option. We didn't need it.
2: Well, we're off to Florida. Yay!
0: And we did it in basically one day, twenty-four or so hours of non-stop driving. That may sound horrible, but things are different today than they used to be, and kids have lots of uh, entertainment option. The Odyssey, the, it was an ARF van, it was uh, Peter and Anne's van. Their Odyssey is equipped with the uh, pop-down DVD player, and Peter had spent the time to wire in the uh, Wii console into the DVD system as well. So, so the kids had the options of watching um, a whole bunch of movies we brought, of uh, playing Wii together on the uh, console, on the DVD screen, or playing their own uh, personal uh, Nintendo DSs, and of course sleeping, because we left on Friday night, and we drove through the night, and we arrived in Florida on Saturday. Now, that would seem like a lot of driving, but the four of us took shifts, two, three, four hours each, and then we'd switch, and the others would sleep. And so it was actually quite manageable. And uh, I think we'd do it again. So we left Ontario just after dinner on Friday evening. And we quickly crossed the border. Crossing the border is not. Uh, a very long distance from most parts of southwestern Ontario. Um, The customs agent did uh, ask where our luggage was. Uh, We didn't actually say we were naturists. We just said we had a very roomy van. Uh, But the fact was we had very little luggage because we didn't need the the clothes that most people needed. Um, But with a few simple questions, we were on our way. And down the highway we went. Most of the travel was through tonight night. And we arrived in Florida about midday the next day. Here we go.
2: Here comes mile zero Florida State Line. Three, two, one. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. How many hours has it been? Two. Uh, Too
0: many. Loads. Uh, We've gone... 17 hours and 22 minutes. Yes,
2: we've gone 1,000. 7 miles.
0: Wow. So, yes, getting to the Florida border took us 17 hours and 22 minutes. So that was, yeah, about 1,750 kilometers, or as we said, 1,090 miles. Of course, we still had 325 kilometers to go, or 200 or so miles, which is about four hours without stopping, to get to the Kissimmee area just outside of Orlando. And Cypress Cove was great for a number of reasons, Uh, one of which was it was near Disney, and part of our plan was to visit Disney two of the days. But also, uh, Cypress Cove is a true resort. Um, It's a true resort. I mean, you know, people sometimes talk about Oaks as being a resort, and I really avoid using that term. I I think that's an overpromise. To be a resort means to be... uh, a pretty large place with lots of people, lots of accommodation, lots of permanent uh, rental accommodations, uh, rooms and uh, chalets and that kind of thing, and amenities and restaurants that are open all the time. And while we have a little bit of all that in uh, Bear Oaks, I think to call it a resort would be truly a stretch. But Cypress Cove truly is a resort. Um, There is a residential section. There are members that are year-round. Um... But the resort has a number of rooms for rent. We had uh, a wonderful setup, actually. We had a full apartment. Um, it worked very well for two families because we were able to work and cook together. And, and uh, the kids all slept in one large bedroom, which is sometimes a separate bedroom. Uh, on its own, it can be rented. It has two queen beds. But we, uh, that has a connecting room to the uh, full separate one-bedroom apartment next to it, which has its own living room and kitchen. So the connecting room meant that we had two full separate bedrooms with a total of four queen beds. The adults decided to sleep in one room and put the kids in the other so that we could put all the kids to bed at night and still stay up and play cards and chat and watch TV um, and uh, just relax. And the kids, of course, enjoyed having their own room and having fun on their own. And it was a little challenging putting them to bed at night, but they had a good time. But that layout um, did allow us to make all our meals together. We were able to uh, get up in the morning and cook breakfast. And
2: what's for breakfast? Well, bacon and eggs today. Nice. Yeah, uh, it's a commonly held misconception that you do not fry bacon in the uh, nude.
0: Yeah, you are nude, and you're frying bacon. Doesn't yeah. it hurt?
2: Well, um, bacon tastes back. much better. Yes, I'm using a spatula rather than my fingers or any other body part.
0: That's good. You should not flip bacon with your bare fingers. No.
2: <laughs> but actually, it's a commonly held misperception that you should cook your bacon hot. Bacon tastes much better and I think is fried more thoroughly when cooked under a medium temperature. And you don't get, uh, you don't get splattering. I got a couple of splatters on my wrist, but the rest of my body seems to be
0: fine. Well, you don't generally wear clothes on your wrists when you're frying bacon, anyway. Um, perhaps I
2: should. Maybe you should. Yes. Yeah, your so wrist—that no. should be covered. They not. should invent a, uh, a, a wrist bacon device That's to right. protect your wrist whenever you are making bacon.
0: And, and in fact, I, I see you know just standing here that really none of the bits, as people like to say, are above the pan, anyway.
2: Yes, none of the bits are, are touching the pan or above the pan, so the bits seem to be fine. Yeah. So here comes the children.
0: We were able to uh, get ready and uh, save money on meals. We did eat in a restaurant a couple times, but uh, we were able to really have a, a very affordable vacation. Obviously, the trip down was not very expensive since we only had to pay for one vehicle and the gas for that vehicle. And because we shared accommodation, that made it more affordable. Because we could make our own meals, it was even more affordable. So it was a very reasonable family vacation. It was also fun living as a community um, because we... Uh, but living as a community, I mean, in, in a naturist environment. Because everything we needed, there was a small store, there was a restaurant. Uh, we had our very comfortable accommodations but we could live a true nature's life for a change, for, except for when we went to Disney a couple of days, of course. But in general, we live close, free very comfortably because of the weather and uh, very comfortably because of the environments and the kids could uh, play and go to the pool and go in the street and do everything that they would at home in uh, in our houses, except we were truly living a nature's life for that weekend, And, and that, w- that was interesting. It's amazing how quickly you're so comfortable, so used to it that uh, the few times we had to go out putting on clothes really felt foreign and felt like a chore. Um, when you've truly lived for several days that way, you, you can really tell the difference. And, and um, Cypress Coast is a beautiful place um, because it's family-oriented, because their their values are, are much more naturist than other places. Um, well, not all places, than a lot of other resort places. Um, they have... Uh, you know, there's still people there that seem to be more interested in clothing optional and uh, that don't quite get it. But it's a large place with lots of people, and that's, got, that's to be expected. But in general, they they expect people to be clothes-free around the pool and in most of the public areas. But to us, it it is a naturist place because there's families, because there's things for kids, because there's no activities um, that are inconsistent with naturist philosophies and... Uh, by that I mean uh, there's other resorts that have gone much more adult uh, into uh, all types of uh, sexualities and and partying that it just doesn't fit the, with naturist, uh, the nature's philosophy. And even if they had offered us free room and board and flights down we wouldn't have gone because it wouldn't have been appropriate for the children of course. And if it's not appropriate for the children, it's probably not appropriate uh, for us uh, if we're really looking for uh, a vacation where we can feel that we're living the nature's life. Um, Cyperscope, besides having the accommodations, also has uh, campgrounds, so people who want to camp can do it. There's a lot of beautiful RV spots where we're well-serviced. Uh, people come down for the whole winter as well. And, and I mean, I say it's a family place and they have family activities. In the winter, there weren't a lot of kids. There were other kids there, um, but there weren't a lot of kids. There was a lot of retirees. I understand in the summer there are more kids uh, because it's not everybody who can afford to go away um, down south and when those who can't afford don't all go necessarily during the same week. Uh, we didn't go during one of the uh, uh, March breaks or reading weeks or any of those because uh, it would have been a little too busy and uh, we decided to go when there was a little bit more space and time. Uh But what makes uh, Cypress Cove a a resort with a nature's theme is the lake. Cypress Cove has a lake um, that we, uh, where basically they don't, I don't think they own all the way around, but there is nothing else around the lake, and they own a good part of it, if not most of it. And the lake is beautiful and natural, and there's a beach, and there's wildlife, and uh, you really feel nature there, and uh, we, we canoeed all the way around uh, several times, and uh, canoes are available for use. We saw, we saw all, all big uh, turtles and all kinds of birds and blue herons and uh, frogs and things, and, and of course, alligators. I'm told that in Florida, there is no body of water without alligators. And uh, I'm happy to report that we swam in the lake and we never saw them anywhere near the beach because apparently they don't really like people and they'll stay as far away as possible. And sure enough, we did manage after a lot of effort in going to the very far end of the lake to see alligators. But they didn't let us get very close before they disappeared underwater. So as long as you leave them alone and you don't feed them and you don't play with them, apparently they want to stay as far away from us as we want them away from us as well. So that seemed to work out well around. But it was a, a beautiful natural experience. And I'm not sure um, if a naturist life without nature is possible. Um, and that's something that uh, we really value and that's something we really enjoy. Um, and the pool is beautiful. Uh, we spent a lot of time by the pool. We really enjoyed the pool. The pool at Cypress Cove is truly set up like a uh, uh, a resort. Um, there's actually two pools. The older pool, which is smaller, and the new pool. The new pool is massive, um, very much like something that you'd expect to see in a resort in the Caribbean, uh, surrounded by a number of uh, small huts for uh, with uh, different amenities. There's one that's a... Uh, uh, a health fitness club where you can work out and do weights and do the machines there is another one which is a store that sells a lot of things and ironically of course uh, clothing there's another one that has a kind of community center there's another one with uh, games and uh, a little library um, there is a uh, massage where you can get a massage hut there's a little massage hut where a cabin around the pool where you can get a massage And uh, there's another one that uh, houses a a hairdresser. And and, yeah, we did get haircuts. Several of us got haircuts while we were down there. That's always nice. Getting your hair cut nude is nice because, you know, you get the little hairs getting down your neck and at the back. And you don't have to worry about that because it just slides down your back and you just jump in the shower afterwards and it's all gone. So I always enjoy getting uh, my haircuts nude whenever I get a chance to, although that's not a common thing, unfortunately. We don't have a hairdresser or a barber at Baroques yet, but maybe someday. And uh, there is also, of course, Cheeks. Uh, Cheeks is the, uh, the bar around the pool. Uh, uh, when the main restaurant is uh, not open, they serve uh, a fairly full menu of all kinds of uh, things, and uh, they have uh, all the mixed drinks and everything you want. Good afternoon. How are you?
1: Well, thank you. So what's for lunch today? Well, there's the specials,
3: and here's the menu.
0: Hot Hot pastrami. How's that good?
2: Hot pastrami on rice sounds very good. Okay. Yeah, we sold quite a few of them already. We were. We wouldn't know it now, but they were quite busy earlier uh, today. They came in at the right time. Yes, you did. So I think we'll have two hot pastrami. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chips, fries, potato salad, or coleslaw, no charge. Oh, um, I'll have uh, coleslaw. Right. A coleslaw for me. All the right.
1: same.
2: And uh, do you want to drink? Uh, well, I we'll to get something different. Like what well, we don't have, like not beer.
0: i have a pint of yingling with that, please. Oh. OK, maybe beer then. Yingling, eh?
2: Yeah. OK. I'll have a yingling too, please.
0: And uh, it's a nice central spot where you can get uh, that real getaway. We, we enjoyed our pina coladas sitting by the pool watching the kids have a good time in the water. It was nice. It was wonderful, really. One of the most interesting um, parts about uh, Cypress Cove actually is is this subdivision area. Um, there, there's a, a whole area that is uh, very permanent houses with uh, paved streets and curbs and fire hydrants and homes and beautiful landscaping because of course it's Florida and everything grows uh, easily and, and becomes lush foliage very, very quickly. And so... Uh, a few mornings, uh, Peter and I actually went for runs around the subdivision. <clears throat> I think of all of the roads, this part here with the on the curve mm-hmm. is my favorite. Yeah. The where the trees are lush and arching over. The
2: Spanish yeah, Very cool.
0: palm trees. Whatever those palmy things are that grow everywhere like weeds.
2: Palmy oh, we things, so. yeah. I'm Oh, in the people on bicycles. Yeah. Good morning.
1: Yeah.
0: Good morning. And that's a neat feeling. That f- the feeling of running around uh, what is could be a subdivision in anywhere in North America, really, Um, and uh, feeling comfortable running and not having sweaty clothes when you're running, sticking to you, and uh, waving at the people as they are up in the morning having their coffee or picking up their newspapers, Um, it all seems so much more civilized. (laughs) I know that some people think that uh, being nude is somehow primitive and savage, but It feels so much more human and natural uh, as we were running around their uh, residential neighborhood at Cypress Cove. We ran, of course, um, but there was also lots of other activities for people who uh, like to play tennis. For example, there's a number of tennis courts and uh, you could also obviously swim. You could work out in the gym. Um, So lots of things to do and certainly... The kids could have been there a whole week without ever leaving and have been happy discovering and playing with all the nature and things they could do. And there's a beautiful playground for them as well. And, of course, the pool is incredibly attractive for children. But sometimes as adults it's nice to have a little time on our own. And we had one uh, night where we uh, left all the kids in charge of uh, my eldest son, who is 13 years old. He became the babysitter. And we went out for a nice dinner. Um, at the uh, Lakeside Restaurant, which is a full-service sit-down restaurant, white tablecloth, linen, and everything else. And uh had a very nice dinner. It, uh, the food was quite good. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, it certainly... It probably wouldn't win any awards as a restaurant, but uh, it would stand up to any good family restaurant I've ever been to, and the food was quite tasty. And we had a nice glass of wine and some drinks before and after dinner. And we enjoyed it, uh, and, and it was it was really nice, it was really nice, again, um, to not have to put on the clothes, to not have to have the pretense, and it really showed that you could have a, a nice, comfortable um, evening out with all of the normal trappings you would expect, but you don't need to have the ties and the uh, all of the f- stuff. I mean, sometimes it might be fun to get dressed up, I guess, but... Most of the time you feel you do it because you have to, and here it was just as fun and romantic and uh, lovely to get away and uh, feel pampered as anywhere else, except it just felt a little bit more comfortable. Cypress Cove has actually been around for a long time. It just started as a regular small club with actually not very much. Um, I talked to uh, Dean Hadley because it was uh, Dean's uh, late father who uh, and mother who purchased the land and started the club. And uh, Dean came with them when they did that uh, and moved in. He was a teen. Uh, as the club was being built from the ground up. And so I sat down with Dean to get the history.
3: My folks joined... Sunny Palms Lodge down in south of Miami, uh, not the not the sunnier palms that's now up in Fort Pierce, but the original Sunny Palms, uh, back in 1949. And uh, in the late 50s, I believe it was in 57, um, the uh, longtime managers uh, they had been been there since the beginning, pretty much the beginning, I believe. Um, and the club was about ten years old by that point. Um, they left to pursue other interests, and the owner, being absentee, living in Philadelphia, uh, he hired managers, and they weren't always successful. My dad wound up being uh, heading up a an advisory committee that acted as liaison between the owner and managers. And that gave put him close enough to the management of the club that he really thought that he knew how it should be done, and always thought, you know, if, if I had my own club, this is what I'd do. And uh, basically, he, you know, eventually came to the conclusion that he was going to have his own club. And in the early '60s, just uh, serendipity, they were visiting friends in Orlando, and. Found the property that is now Cypress Cove and looked at it and said, This is our club. They weren't really planning to do it at that point. They were going to wait until a little bit later in their lives, but all of a sudden it was here and they said, You know what? We got to jump at it. And here we are.
0: So it was already a club when your parents bought it?
3: Oh, no. No, no. It was a raw, uh, uh, an orange grove with a bit of cleared land on a lakefront. That, that was it. The 60 acres and about 15 of that was actually lake, of the of the 50 to 60 acre lake.
0: And how old were you at that time?
3: Uh, well, the time that we bought it, that, that they bought it, I was uh, still 14. But I was 15 when we moved up here and 16 when the club opened.
0: And so how was that? Suddenly you were, you were living in a nature's club and uh, this was your life.
3: Yeah. It, I'd never really had any problem with it. It was uh, you know, it was kind of a, off to a new adventure. We I uh, lived in Miami all my life, and and you know I had a little concern about leaving Miami, but thought, well, what the heck? You know, it'll, it'll be something new and different, and and I liked Kissimmee immediately upon arriving here. So it's been my home ever since.
0: So, what was it like in the beginning? What I mean, like you said, it was just a little bit of clear land and orange grove and a lake. What? How did it go? How did it start?
3: Well, um, during the oh year and a half or so that before, uh, from original purchase to actual opening the club, uh, my folks would well, in the first year my folks would visit and and just kind of enjoy the the lake and we had nudist friends that would come and visit up from Miami or from a Tampa area that, uh, because of a Lake Como, we had a number of friends over in that area. And, uh, but then after a year we actually moved up full time and then it was getting, you know, preparing the, the property in earnest. And that meant putting up a little bath house so that, uh, uh, we had those facilities and, uh, There was a single-wide mobile home on the property with a screen room, and that was the office and snack bar initially. That little bathhouse was the only uh, uh, new construction other than a fence, uh, which just really surrounded uh, just a a very few acres right on the lakefront. And uh, that was it. That was the start of the club.
0: Hmm. I know there's a lot of... uh nature's clubs that call themselves resorts. And I think in many cases, it's a little bit of an overpromise, but I think in the case of Cypress Cove, it definitely is. You can genuinely call yourself a resort. You know, it's uh, lots of rooms, uh, lots of uh, facilities and restaurants all year round. Was that always the vision from the beginning to go in that direction?
3: Uh, you know, I, I really can't say for sure exactly what my folks had in mind. I, um, I would have to say that that you know, of course, visions uh, visions tend to evolve um, based on your experience and and you know the changing market and expectations of your customers or potential customers. So, uh, uh, and then one of the big things uh, we started off basically as a campground, and and that was the, it was the intention to build a nice, nudist campground. I'm sure that they envisioned eventually uh because we had the model of lake Como, which had some fairly nice rooms to rent at, at that time uh so i'm sure that that was you know on the horizon whenever it might come up but the big uh uh kick uh that came was just a couple of years after the club opened up disney announced that they were building walt disney world and uh all of a sudden this area started to boom and we realized a lot of people were coming to the area and it really jump started the business. So, uh, uh, my folks really pushed um, development, adding campsites, building a tennis court by the late 60s. And, uh, well, by the really when we were about a year old, we had uh, by that time we had built a clubhouse, uh, sort of a clubhouse slash snack bar. And, uh, you know, it just kind of went from there. Then by the early 70s, they decided, you know what, we really have the potential to do something good here and they went out and borrowed some money and put in the pay, the first uh, paved roads and and uh, formal uh, campsites and the uh, first few sites of the mobile home park.
0: You know, it's interesting because uh, most people probably don't realize how before Disney, uh, Orlando was really more of a town than a city and there was really no tourism to speak of. So uh, it's almost right. like... Your family and and Disney all had the same idea at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well
3: the yeah, my folks had uh, it was just the the location they they found a really nice spot uh, They never anticipated the kind of development that would occur as quickly as it did.
0: Oh, no, that's good. Now were you always planning on taking over from your folks, or did that come later in life?
3: No, that came later because uh, through high school, um, through my four years in the military, and and then on into college, uh, it was my folks' thing. That was you know it was their their deal, and uh, I never had any idea of of making it my life. But uh, I had actually started college straight out of high school, and then wound up interrupting it for a few years in the in the Coast Guard, uh, and then came back to. Uh, was married by the time I got out wound up in uh, South Florida uh, where my wife had family and we lived there for about a year uh, shortly after my son was born. we moved to Cypress Cove, but the reason for doing so was because I was able to go to college and work for my folks and and basically have a, an extremely free form work schedule. I could go to college any any Schedule that I needed to, and then I and then work around that schedule doing things like mowing grass, cleaning bath houses, picking up garbage, <laughs> and uh, so that worked out fine. But uh, three years later, by the time that I had uh, uh, actually graduated, uh, I sort of thought, why would I want to leave Cypress Cove? <laughs> so I took my computer degree, put it in my pocket, and been here ever since
0: and now ted has taken over so we're on the third generation yeah so was that difficult for you to step back and give up the reins not at
3: all Uh uh-uh um no because uh yeah he worked as as kids do in a family business he kind of came in and out a few times over the earlier years um but uh uh, got a little experience outside actually in the hospitality industry working for uh, a hotel open international drive and I uh, decided he you know really wanted to be here and work for us in a couple of different capacities but basically in the front office was front office manager for a while and uh, but uh, you know I just fit kind of included him in more and more decisions and, and uh, with more responsibility and it was a pretty easy transition really and by the time I was re- uh, ready to take a little more time off he he was there and stepped up and it's worked out very well.
0: well it, and that's great because so many clubs are having problems as the owners get older and there's nobody to take over and no thought has been put into the transition Right. Um, that causes some of them to close because they sell to the highest bidder, which is not always a naturist right so under your leadership, there were some really big changes i mean we've you built the the hotel units you built a massive new pool and uh, uh, amenities resort area that was a lot of money that's a bit of a risk well, the, the um
3: the hotel the, the um the plans for the Uh, hotel, um, moving the office to where the restaurant used to be uh, and building the new restaurant and then enlarging the pool area. That was all a long-term plan that was uh, in its early stages uh, or really to its middle stages, you might even say, But um, while my dad was still alive. The first four uh, villa buildings uh, were built um, a couple of years before he passed away. Then the first big project that I did was uh, the office expansion, which we actually had designed before my dad died, and we wound up starting construction of it just uh, uh, about immediately after. Um, The restaurant had just opened up, and then within the next year or so, we had built the last of the villa buildings. Then that was all stuff that had kind of been in the pipeline, uh with you know with my dad's uh, input. And then some time went by, a few years and uh was when we did the big pool expansion. Did that in nineteen ninety nine and two thousand. And uh so while that had been envisioned there really was no design in mind and, and uh I'll have to say that uh well the new Cheeks pool bar and uh and then the pool expansion was all on my watch
0: and so that was a major investment,
4: was it worth it yeah
3: oh i'd say so, yeah uh, yeah the the business has has grown um, and uh, we you know we have lots of events when we fill up the area that that new new pool area is quite well appreciated and and heavily attended, so uh we're glad we have it.
0: But Dean is uh, is now retired, and uh, he's passed the torch on to Ted Hadley, and uh, Ted is taking it on, and he's uh, seems to be a good, doing a good job, and has lots of plans. So I sat down with uh, Ted to discuss what it's like to run a uh, such a large naturist resort, and uh, and what he thinks the future of naturist resorts are.
4: Okay. Uh, Well, Cypress Cove is a uh, large family nudist resort in Kissimmee, Florida. We have nearly 300 acres. About half of that is wetland, and the other half is divided among the resort and the mobile home park. We've got a large permanent residence, um, 225 mobile homes. We have 100 RV units and 84 hotel rooms. Um, We've got a large pool area with two swimming pools, two hot tubs, gym, boutique, hair salon, game room, clubhouse, uh, nudist library. And uh, then we also have two dining facilities, the Lakeside Restaurant, which is on our 50-acre private lake, and Cheeks Barn Grill, which is right in the middle of that pool area. Um, Additionally, we've got great sports facilities, including sand volleyball, tennis, six tennis courts, paton courts, um, Shuffleboard, horseshoes, mini golf. We have a nine-hole chip and putt golf course that's a lot of fun.
0: So you said you have permanent residents. You, this is one place where you can actually live a completely nature's life all year round. Uh,
4: yes, and a lot of people do. <laughs> um, you know, there are, is a fairly significant portion of our residents that have a home up north as well that they go to during the summer when uh, our summers get a bit torturous. Um, but there's certainly no better place to be in the winter time and uh, our residents are just packed full as well as our RV park and our hotels during the winter time
0: um, so how many how many members, visitors uh, what kind of numbers do you do here at the park uh, it's difficult to track
4: visitors um, but uh, we certainly have in the area of 3,000 members um, and uh Well over half of that is full members, which are, uh, you know, that's our most expensive membership, but that's also the membership that represents people that are here a lot that either live in the area, live in the park, or camp long term. And it looks like from
0: going through the campground that most of your campsites are full. Uh, So if you want to come camping here
4: with your RV or your tent, do you need to make reservations? Oh, definitely make reservations. Um, Tenting is a little different. We have an area that we call overflow on the lake, and we've never turned anybody away from overflow. If you can dry camp, then we always have a spot available at Cypress Cove. Um, We'll put you in somebody's front yard if we have to. But uh, as far as our facility services go, it's mostly full hookup. We do have some water and electric only sites. They are... Uh, a high percentage of them are booked long-term, both in the winter and the summer, which reduces the availability of weekend sites quite a bit. Um, there are more available during the summertime, certainly, than the winter. In the winter, we have a large, very large waiting list. People often wait uh, years before they're able to get a six-month site in the winter wintertime. Um, the summertime is booked fairly heavily as well by long-termers, but The market is different. They tend to be, many of them are people who live what we call drive distance, two to three hours from the resort, and they'll set up their motorhome for the long-term camping period, but they work, and then they'll come out on the weekend, and the advantage is that uh, they don't have to tow a camper back and forth. They have kind of a permanent home away from home during those summer months.
0: So, c- clearly, it sure looks like it's a very successful and hopefully profitable business. Would you say, uh, you know, in, in this day and age where a lot of other uh, resorts and, and nature's clubs are closing, they say for financial reasons, um, is it possible to be a financially successful
4: naturist resort? Oh, definitely. Um, I would say we have grown more and more financially successful and independent over the years uh, as we've grown we've really evolved into a position where we have uh, a very varied business model. We've got memberships, RV, hotel, mobile home park, and even when one of those takes a dip due to economy or other weather, other factors, um, we have sections of the the, uh, resort that are still going to do well no matter what. The mobile home park is going to produce steady revenue, no matter what the weather's like. Um, and, uh, you know, winter time is going to be busy, kind of no matter what, you know. Um, we are shielded quite a bit from the economy in that respect, and, and we've continued to do well. Um, we are not 100% debt-free. We were on schedule to be debt-free until we had those nasty hurricanes, and... 2004, and um, discovered that our that we were woefully overinsured and underinsured at the same time, paying far too much for insurance that covered far too little uh, and repaid far too little. So we had uh, a lot of expenses in rebuilding from the damage from the three hurricanes that hit us all within six weeks. The most expensive item of which was um, our brick wall that we wrapped around the front of the resort Uh, that's something that we'd always wanted previously we had a 10 wall a 10 foot 10 wall that um, was affectionately referred to as a junkyard fence and um, it was certainly functional and served its purpose for many years but uh, we were never proud of it We, we were never happy with the way that it looked and particularly in recent years the area that the resort is located in has really grown. Um, and we felt it was rather than spend money to repair a fence that we weren't happy with, it was time to, to spend money to build something that we'd be proud of. And, and so we did, but it was costly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, since then we've, uh, we've really invested a lot into the resort. Um, well, you know, uh, in the 1990s the latter part of the 1990s we expanded our pool area built a second pool built the gym the hair salon the massage parlor um, added cheeks in 96 and uh, then we uh, 2004 we added the brick wall we've upgraded our all of our camping to um, 100 amp service which was needed desperately but uh terribly expensive Mm -hmm. (laughs) and one of those things that you know the campground's full anyway so it's not really a a payback it's it's just something that needed to be done um currently well we just finished resealing our roads we are um in the process of revamping our utilities which is another uh, we have independent utilities water and sewer and uh, it's an expensive project but um and another one that doesn't really pay back from the guest point of view, but uh, is needed to keep the the longevity of the resort. Um, we've just, uh, in the process of finishing wrapping a seawall around the lakefront, which looks really nice and protects from erosion. Um, so, you know, I would say in the last uh, 10 to 15 years, you know, we've spent millions of dollars in reinvesting in the resort, uh, making sure that the facilities are top notch. Um, we refurbished the hotel, we refurbished the restaurant and, um, you know, we are one of the few large resorts that's still family owned and owned by the same family, um, for the history of the resort. And, you know, we do get concerns from people that say, well, how do we know that, uh, that you're not going to sell. You know, they're relying on the Hadley family running Cypress Cove the way that they're accustomed to it being run and our answer to that is is uh, just look at all the money we've invested in the resort in recent years and and my father built a a large beautiful home right on the lake. I built a house just outside the resort um, where my kids could kind of have the best of both worlds and uh, the message to all of our members and residents in the world is that we're not going anywhere. So, but what would you say to the people who would tell you that, you know, there's more money to
0: be made if you go textile, traditional campground, or...?
4: Uh, well, I would say that's, as far as campground goes, that's just not true. Um, in Florida, most campgrounds, textile campgrounds, are dead in the summertime, They're busy during the winter because the snowbirds come down. But there's not much market for a campground in in Florida during those hot summer months. And we maintain over an 80% occupancy average during those hot summer months when other campgrounds are just empty. So the nudist market is, uh, is a fantastic boom for us, particularly in the RV park over a textile RV resort. What about over a textile resort for rooms and that kind of thing? Again, I think, uh, you know, this area tends to boom in the wintertime and be a bit slower during the summertime. We follow that. We are certainly much more crowded during the winter months, uh, particularly February, March, April, than we are in July, August, September, when the weather is a bit more extreme. You know, there's concerns of hurricanes and afternoon thunderstorms and that. But we are, uh, you know, a large uh, first-class nudist resort. We're the only one within an hour plus drive in this area. We're the only large resort of our kind uh, in the Central Florida area. And uh, there's a lot of nudists that, that really appreciate what we have to offer. And I think uh, this resort, this land, is far more valuable as a naturist resort than uh, any other sort of business you could put here.
0: Uh, You're also the only family-oriented resort, naturist resort
4: nearby that's 20 minutes away from Disney. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, And, uh, you know, Disney is just the top of the, uh, the list of tourist attractions in this area, you know it's funny we've tried over the years to really tap into that family tourist market and you know while there are people that that come and stay particularly in the winter time for two or three weeks and they'll take their kids to disney the reality is that cypress cove is a destination resort of its own and far more people come to cypress cove and don't go to disney than come to cypress cove and go to disney i think The people that come down for a short-term vacation with their kids and want to go to Disney prefer to stay on Disney property and really make a Disney vacation out of it. And the people that come down and want to make a nudist vacation out of it stay at Cypress Cove and don't spend much time at Disney. Well, interestingly enough, actually, our kids, as much as we had a good time at Disney yesterday,
0: don't want to be at Disney the whole time. They're having such a great time here. So uh, it is a great family naturist resort. Um, You know, there's the beach, there's the pools, there's a playground, which you don't see, strangely enough, in a lot of the naturist resorts anymore. Um, What about that side of the business? You know, there are other large resorts um, that have gone to a a more adult theme or even right away from naturist values. Is that still a viable business or do you think that there's more money in the other
4: area? Well... um, You know, certainly over in Tampa, a couple of the clubs over there have recently withdrawn from their charters from Anner and gone to a bit more adult-oriented, lifestyle-friendly business. And, uh, you know, they're prospering. I mean, they're they're doing well in that market. I think that uh, we're proud to be counter-programming to that. Cypress Cove has always been... Traditionally, a very family-oriented nudist resort, a very conservative nudist resort, far so, far more so than even some of the smaller clubs. Um, We try not to be overly restrictive, but uh, we adhere very strongly to our naturist values. I was brought up in this resort. You know, I I was raised in Cypress Cove, uh, raised with conservative family, naturist values. And, um, I, I just shiver at, at the thought of, (laughs) of ever allowing, um, any sort of, uh, sexualization of, of our nudist park. We, um, we don't allow lingerie. I, I know a lot of clubs do. Um, they have fun with that, but, uh, it's, It just opens the door to behavior that we're not comfortable with, that I'm not comfortable with. I I think, in a way, what's happened in Tampa almost helps to differentiate us from those resorts. It creates a a clearer line between the nudist experience that you want and that you'll get when you come to Cypress Cove versus uh, those clubs over there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of naturists that that kind of have one foot in in both worlds and and that's okay um you know when they feel like letting their hair down and and being a little bit naughty uh there's places to do that and when they feel like relaxing by the pool and and being in a very safe comfortable relaxing conservative nudist environment they come to cypress cove and um we're happy to provide that opportunity that's very good I, I actually met
0: uh, some people from the u k Do you get a lot of uh, visitors from uh, from Europe
4: and other parts of the world we do i think um, I think Cypress Cove follows a little more closely what European naturists expect from a nudist resort they they tend to have similar conservative and or family friendly values and uh, and they if they're going to travel all this way, they'd like to, to find a full-featured resort. Hmm. And I think Cypress Cove fits very well into that market. And so we do get a lot of uh, a particularly British, German, Dutch, some French. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we do. Uh, and and we love those people because they tend to stay for, you know, three weeks at a time <laughs> where Americans traditionally vacation. For one to two weeks, particularly working families, it tends to be one week at a time. Uh, in Europe, traditionally, vacations are longer, and that works well for us. <laughs> we're happy to have a hotel room booked for three weeks. And we've, uh, we've adjusted some of our marketing efforts to that. We're offering, um, during our low season, we're offering a third-week free package in our villa to... You know, that <clears throat> to attract people to stay during the times when it's a little slower here. And uh, that long-term stay really benefits us at those times. And so we provide a financial incentive for them to choose that time to visit.
0: Well, that's all for this episode of The Nature's Living Show. Thank you again for listening. You can find links to all of the items that I've mentioned in the show in the show notes on the website, which is found at naturistliving.bearoaks.ca. Please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I really do appreciate them. I really do. And uh, I got a few more after the last show. Um, one actual criticism, which I might read a little later uh, in another show, and i uh, Uh, And lots of compliments, as usual, which, of course, keep me going. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, The show's email address is naturistliving at bareoaks.ca. That's B-A-R-E, oaks.ca, of course. naturistliving at bareoaks.ca. So join us again in about a month for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show.
1: This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bareoaks.ca